Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Date Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, and I'm a green smoothie enthusiast, a radical self-care advocate, and a dating mindset coach for ambitious women looking for a deep and meaningful romantic partnership. Each week, you'll hear me answer a frequently asked question from this community, interview experts in the field, or work directly with the caller as I coach them through a dating or relationship obstacle they're facing. I give practical advice and tangible action that you can apply to your own life so you can learn how to treat yourself the way you want to be treated and get into the relationship you desire and deserve. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 26 of Date Yourself Radio. And today I'm so excited to bring to you Katie Dalboat. She is one of the sweetest and most genuine online gurus I've ever met. And she's the author of Let It Out, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite go-to self-development resources. Through her writing, videos, workshops, and podcasts, millennial blogger, speaker, and podcast host Katie Delbelt curates inspired wisdom that guides people to develop a positive image of their bodies by embracing their creativity and personality outside of their physicality. She's a contributor to Refinery29, Mind Body Green, and her work has been featured in Teen Vogue, Yahoo Health, and The Daily Mail. Her first book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, was published with Hay House in April 2016. And today, she's going to share how even though she had incredible support from her family and therapists, coaches, nutritionists, and doctors on her journey to healing from an eating disorder, journaling is the tool that helped her to actually apply what she learned from the self-help, get to know herself, and continues to be the tool she uses to learn and grow. I can't wait for you to listen to this inspiring conversation. But as you're listening in to this episode, I want you to consider, is it hard, if not impossible, for you to turn off the mental chatter in your brain? Do you often cope with difficult or uncomfortable emotions with TV, food, sex, or another coping or numbing mechanism? Do you ever feel lonely even if you're surrounded by a lot of people? Or do you feel lonely and think it's because you're single? Do you need a boyfriend or really anything in particular to feel happy? 
As always, the conversation continues in the private Facebook group for the Date Yourself community. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash community to request access and I will get you added as soon as I possibly can. All right, let's get on with the episode. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, Katie, I am so thrilled to have you here today and welcome to Date Yourself Radio. Hi, Veronica. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just um, let's just get started and tell um, my listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Well, my name is Katie Dalebout and I host a podcast myself and it's called Let It Out with Katie Dalebout. That is me. And I wrote a book with the same name called Let It Out that just came out this past April. And my book is all about journaling. And I often say it's like the greatest hits of the things that I've learned and taught myself over my 20s. And it's a really a guidebook with 55 journaling exercises because journaling was a really great tool for me mm-hmm. on my journey of getting to know myself and dating myself and figuring out who I was and healing a lot of really deep-rooted body image issues and other issues that I had mm-hmm. and that I'm still learning about and I still use it as a, as a tool all the time. So that's what my book is about. And before the book came to be, I was blogging online for many years and then eventually that turned into a podcast, which I still do, both of those things. And mm-hmm. I really just think of myself as an enthusiast and a curator of people and ideas and that's what I love doing online. So yeah, that's like a very short version, but we can yeah. flesh out any of that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll definitely want to um, flesh out that. So I'm just curious, did I, cause I, I know you did um, wellness wonderland. Is that, did it continue on to just a new name or is it just a brand yes, new podcast? I'm changing the name. Okay. I, so I, my, the name of my blog that I had for many years is called, was called the wellness wonderland. Okay. And It's interesting because that name I love so much and I still really love that name, but I was very into health and wellness, which I still am now. You know, I love a yoga and a green smoothie and kale as much as the next guy. However, (laughs) I realized that life isn't just about those things. It's not just about how physically healthy you can be or how much you can exercise or how much you can work out or how much water you can drink, any of it. Like, it's just not about that. It's about making your life as a whole really awesome and healthy. And so for a while, that term wellness wonderland still really worked, you know, still really served me because I thought it was this um, umbrella term that really encompassed holistic wellness from all perspectives that I was saying. But recently, I just decided for the podcast, I could keep calling it that easily, but I wanted to start calling it Let It Out because that's the name of my book, which really works for the name of my book since it's about journaling. It's about it's about letting out anything within you that mm-hmm. you need to to get to know yourself better and develop more self-awareness and in the podcast I'm really doing the same thing but with a guest you know it's a way for the guest to like voice journal with me leading them through prompts you know Mm -hmm. so I thought that it was really great to just change the name to let it out and it's not that I'm still not into wellness or health they're great they're a part of it but they're not everything and so changing the name is something I'm doing super recently um and I'm excited about it's scary to you know when your your business and your brand and and your identity really I was the wellness wonderland it's like what people knew me as yeah and I'm changing that you know but it's okay I think it's good and I think we change 
or I'll speak for myself, like I changed so quickly. And especially I think in your early 20s and your mid 20s and then your later 20s, which I'm in now, you're changing and adapting so rapidly that it makes sense that these sorts of things are going to happen. And when you're growing up on the internet, just lots of other people see it happening too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can totally relate to that. I don't know if you know, but I was actually originally a health coach. Oh, um, no, I didn't. And, yeah, and I um, was helping women with body image and weight loss, but, you know, really looking at the more holistic perspective because I have this yeah. whole, um, you know, story myself with weight, which I, we won't get into. But, um, yeah, and so for me to change. On my podcast. Um, yeah, so for me to change, you know, into um, a dating coach was, it was, it, I can I can relate. So that's all I'll say for that. Yeah, I'm right really now. excited to hear more of your story <laughs> about that. I, might, I want to ask about it right now, but I won't. Let me <laughs> yeah. hear about it later. This is your or... No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, yeah. so let's yeah. then um, just talk a little bit about a little bit about your journey. I know you, um, you know, without like giving all the spoiler alerts away, but you know, you had some um, struggles with body image and food and um, the, your inner mean girl, I think that's what you call it in your book. And I would just love for you to share a little bit about that with, um, you know, the listeners. I think they're really going to be able to relate to a lot of what you have to share. Sure. Yeah. I mean, body image was and is my biggest struggle. It's mm-hmm. like been the biggest sword in my spine um, mm-hmm. since I was really young, since mm-hmm. I was a kid. And it manifested in in different ways depending on where I was in my life and depending on the other things going on in my life. It's just like, you know, things flare up based on what's happening in your life. And I think that's really the case with body image. Like if your life is really great and your relationships are really great, you're not going to be so concerned with your body. But when the other parts of your life aren't that great or they're just in transition or it's going to flare up, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's been at bay at times in my life and then it it flares up into this day you know when I have a bad day period it turns into a bad body image day or Mm. moment now I have the tools like journaling like coaching like seeing my therapist like seeing my friends like going on a walk whatever these tools are that I can use to cope with those feelings of not feeling good enough because of the way my body looks the way my clothes are fitting or comparing myself to other people and the way that they look in yoga class or whatever, yeah. instead of letting that completely take me out and keep me stuck and keep me playing small for days, I can use my tools and come back to feeling okay. But when I was younger, when I was a kid, I, I had a lot of comparison with my body to other kids and just a lot of fear around the future and what I was looking like and, and all of that. And it really, really was a challenge, but it wasn't anything I really acted on because I didn't know how. I, I couldn't even like put two and two together, like how weight was connected to food or exercise. And, you're, you know, when you're a kid, you're just not, luckily, you know, you're not in control of feeding yourself. You don't do the grocery shopping or the eating and or the, uh, you do the eating, but you don't <laughs> do the cooking or yeah. you're not really responsible for that. And then through high school, you know, it was it wasn't really an issue, you know, it was there in the back of my mind and I didn't really feel good about myself mm-hmm. physically ever. And I felt like that was why, and this kind of will play into dating. Um, we can like flush this out. You can 
probably know more than I do around this, but it was something that I never felt like I was good enough to date the people I wanted to date. Or Mm. I just always felt like they would like other people better than me because of the way that my body was in comparison to other girls. And it just, it was challenging, but again, I wasn't really in control of my life enough to figure out my exercise and eating. I wasn't really in control of it. And so it didn't really physically manifest in any way. Internally, it was definitely a struggle and I didn't really have anyone to share that with, but I didn't really act on it physically. And then when I got to college, that's when I think for most people, you're making your choices around food and what you're eating and how much you're moving and your schedule more than any other time in your life so far. Yeah, And, you know, and that, that was the case for me. And so I originally gained some weight my freshman year of college. And then I felt really bad about that and just very unhappy about that and very unhappy with my body and very scared of what the future would be. And I, I just grew up very scared of gaining weight when I was older. And it just was something that I, I didn't understand that my worth could be outside of my physicality, outside of my weight. It was just really, really all caught up in there for me. So I really just started dieting. I started searching for like every diet, every cleanse. It brought me into wellness practices, Mm -hmm. but really from a unhealthy perspective, which is really interesting. And then I I studied abroad after my sophomore year and I had this amazing time. I was surrounded by so many people. I was so happy that I kind of forgot about all of it. And I ended up losing the weight that I had gained and and probably some more just without even trying eating intuitively being really happy. I, yeah. I like joke as a, like as a big joke, I call it, I was on the happiness diet. Like I just <laughs> ended up, you know, it was just fantastic. And I was just around great people and having such a great time. And, and so when I came back, I was probably, you know, at my like normal set point weight that we all have. And, and people started to give me a lot of compliments like, oh my gosh, you lost a lot of weight, whatever, whatever. And I, I think it got in my head like, oh, I'm in control of this. This is something yeah. I can control. Oh my control. God, I can so relate to that. <laughs> yeah, and, and so then I really like went all in with mm-hmm. really focusing on like, oh, if I could lose that weight, I could lose more and I could lose more and let's see if I can lose even more and none of my clothes are fitting and then it was just like really, really bad and I, I really went down the rabbit hole with it and it became my life and it, it became very isolating. I isolated myself from all of my friends. I lost lots of friendships. It it affected every area of my life negatively and it affected my relation the relationship that I was in at the time. It just really was everything. And then I realized that I had like a full-fledged eating disorder and I found myself in the doctor's office in this very scary place, not just with my weight, but with my organs and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And I had to heal this eating disorder. And from there, I thought that I could heal the eating disorder through wellness, right? Like I thought that I could just, oh, I'll just eat more avocados, you know? So I really yeah. transitioned my anorexia, which was, you know, doing very unhealthy things like drinking lots of coffee and having like one thing to eat a day and just like doing, I don't even want to put that out there, but like just doing crazy yeah. stuff. Right? I was like, Oh, I'll just heal it with like lots of kale and green juice and I'll cut out sugar and I'll cut out this and I'll cut out that. And 
but I'll eat a little bit more avocado right now, you know, so I gain the weight or like, and of course that, that wasn't sustainable. And that wasn't all that my body needed. My body needed more than that. And it was a journey and it took lots and lots and lots of time and lots of learning to realize that and to realize what was actually going on and that, you know, wellness really couldn't heal this. It was more than that. It was a very mental issue. This was a body image issue. This was an issue of feminism. This was an issue of me getting to know myself and see myself and find my worth, my worthiness of being alive in my natural body, not being, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not cool enough. So I'll just make my body good enough. I'll make my body as small as it can be. I'll make my body look like what the media tells me is okay. I'll make my body look like all the people I follow on Instagram who are these fitness people who might have unhealthy relationships with food themselves. And I'll just do everything to make my body good enough because I don't feel like I'm good enough without that, beyond that, for inherently who I am as a person. And so... Through that process, that led me to a lot of self-help and coaches and therapists and teachers and and really doing like what I always joke as a PhD in personal growth and personal development and spirituality. And it really was such a great thing for me looking back. I, I don't regret any of it because it got me to where I am now and it yeah. helped me develop this deeper self-awareness and it's still a process, you know, like I was saying at the beginning, like these things still come up for me all the time. Like I still have a bad body image day. I still compare myself to other people occasionally. And then I check myself and I realize that it's okay. And I don't need to do that. And body diversity exists and exists. And thank God it does because the world would be so boring if we all looked like, you know, the same and, and just appreciating what I do have and appreciating the body that I am in. But it takes time and I have my days and, and I think now I have lots of tools that I can use. And, and I think the biggest tool to be honest with you is the fact that I talk about this on the internet and I talk about it candidly with people. And I had my blog, it was so healing and cathartic for me to be able to share what I was going through honestly and have people relate and eventually help people with it through the work that I do. And and I really love that. So that's the biggest accountability thing for me, staying healed on the eating disorder and just healed on body image. And and it's, it's not really healed. It's healing. I think we're, we're constantly healing and, you know, there's, I have so much more to go always because it's just like whack-a-mole. Like you figure out one thing and then you realize, oh, I was, you know, trying to control through my diet and my weight. And then I just transferred that addiction to work. And I was like a workaholic. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like, dang it. Now, like I have my, I need to work on the relationships part of my life and community. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, okay, now I'm going to go over there. And I think finding balance in your life where you're fulfilling all areas of your life is is the goal, but at the same time is often a challenge. And I think balance, true balance is a myth where your life will be this perfect balance where your relationships are amazing. Your career is amazing. Your health is amazing. Your home life is like all these things. Like there might, there's that's ideal, I guess. But I think the reality is that there are times when your relationship might be amazing and thriving and your careers. So, so, and your you know, body is whatever. Like, I think we only have so much water to put in those different buckets and one is going to have more than another at times. And that's okay. I think just 
knowing that and realizing like, oh, relationship bucket needs some more water. Like I'm going to focus my attention there. And that might mean taking a little bit away from my work for a bit or whatever it is. Yeah, I so appreciate that comment because I think, um, you know, a lot of the women in my community are, this is their first dabble in self-development um, or self-discovery work. And so they, yeah. it's it's amazing for them, but it's also can be very overwhelming. Um, like, oh my gosh, I've, I'm so broken or I have so much, you know, to fix on myself. And I'm just like, it's just a process. Like yeah. there's nowhere, there's nowhere to be, there's nowhere to go. It's just about you know, and, and I, and one thing you said earlier that I actually wrote a note down because I just really um, loved is how it's still, um, you know, you still have your, have your days, but that you have your tools. And just the other day, one of my clients in the, in our Facebook group just, you know, said she was having a really bad day. And I'm like, it's okay to have a bad day. It's just, you have mm-hmm. your tools now. Like I've taught you these tools. So, so use them and apply them. And, um, and then she, of course, showed a picture of herself using the tools and it was just, it was just awesome. And mm-hmm. I'm just so appreciate. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. I just so appreciate for, for you to say that. Cause I think that there's, um, you know, really nice flowery, flowery quotes out there that say really nice things like on Instagram feeds mm-hmm. or Facebook feeds. And it's just like, why am I not feeling that all the time? And it, and then it can just send us down another, what I call the self-development rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really glad you brought that up. Can I just say one more thing about yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. Go for it. I feel that way all the time. Like I just, I mean, if that is worth anything to anyone, like I listen to people who I would say are more evolved than me or have, you know, seem like they are just so on this deeper level with understanding of relationships or body or career or not, not that they're like physically ahead of me with like Mm -hmm. the, from the outside, like they are, you know, having the manifested the things, but they just seem like they're healthier mentally and Mm -hmm. they've done the, the work, the mental work. And I can, I used to get really like down on myself of, I have so much further to go to be at that point at that level. But now I don't feel that way anymore. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like that's where they are. I know I can get there because it used to just feel so impossible to me. And I don't know, sometimes it still does, but I'm just choosing to not focus on that, I guess. Yeah. And by not focusing on that, you are like, involving yourself towards that you know what I mean like towards the next next level right I hope so (laughs) (laughs) yeah so let's talk a little bit about journaling since that's what your book is about um so tell us a little bit about how journaling helped you or how did it use um how was it a tool for you to um you know heal your uh or begin I should say your healing process of from you know where you were to where you are now what did it look like? So, yeah, that's a great question. So when I was healing that eating disorder I was chatting with you about earlier, I was surrounded by coaches and therapists mm-hmm. and dietitians and doctors and mentors in my family and so much support. It was amazing. Thank you to all of those people. But at the same time, I honestly felt dreadfully lonely. Mm-hmm. And I was smothered with the support, but I didn't know myself. And what I realized is that I really needed to become my own mentor and I needed to get to know myself. And that's when I really started journaling. And it was funny, like nobody told me 
to journal. Nobody like even suggested it or like told me about what it was. And I, I was never like a person that kept a journal when I was younger or anything mm. like that. Um, mm. But what happened was I got... I was in a bookstore and I was in the self-help section and I was just like, I have read everything in this. I feel like I know all of this, but like none of it's working for me. Mm-hmm. What is happening? And I wandered over to the stationery section and I saw this colorful journal and I had a gift card and I was like, that's what I'm getting instead. So I bought this journal and that entire summer I just sat outside in the sun writing in this journal and like I didn't know how I didn't know like what it was but it just felt cathartic to me to write and I was just writing how I speak and I was writing conversations to myself I was sometimes it was like letters I would talk to my therapist about later sometimes it was just stuff for me that I was like mortified if anyone would see sometimes it was really positive and beautiful and inspiring and sometimes it was really dark and mean to myself and embarrassing but it was always real. It was always what I was feeling in that day, in that moment. And yeah, and so that's really what brought me to end up writing the book eventually was because I had such a profound experience with journaling and I kept telling other people about it. I kept being like, this was really wonderful for me. It's helped me. Would you try journaling? And people had so much resistance of like, I wouldn't have anything to say. I'm not a writer, everything like that. Yeah. And I was like, thought about that. And I was like, you know, I'm not a writer either. I didn't really have anything to say, but somehow this was cathartic for me. So I, you should try it, you know? And there was so much resistance. So this book is really like a reaction to that. It's a guidebook of teaching people how they can journal how they can give this a try and hold their hands through it and then people who love journaling help them go even deeper and into different corners and pockets of their mind that they might not explore on their own because the thing with journaling is that it really forces you to be with yourself right like it's one of the very few things now and left in our world that you can't multitask while you're journaling you know you can't really be on the phone and also journaling and feeling your feelings and be on a walk like or driving like you have to be sitting down by yourself and going internal and seeing yourself for who you are. And that's very uncomfortable for people. And so it's something that I had to get comfortable with and it helped me to spend time with myself. I I could only journal before I could meditate. You know, it's kind of like you have to run before you can walk, I, I feel like. And that's what journaling really was for me. And it allowed me to just go a lot deeper with everything I was feeling in this way where I got to yeah I've been saying this over and over but I really did I I, I developed the self-awareness and I got to know myself in a way I had never previously imagined I could yeah and I love how it helped you and you talk about this in the book um helped you you know start your or not start but you're already doing meditation but to actually um I guess reap more of the benefits from meditation because when you were like oh I could meditate twice a day if it was like on a to-do list like and I'm like oh me too like I'm that's how my mind works like I'm a master at checking off to-do lists but then you're not like actually you know your mind's still going when you're meditating or you're just not actually I don't want to say it like you're actually not meditating, you know, putting in quotes or whatever. So I just totally yeah. relate to, um, to that. And I just loved how, how you just said how it helped you kind of clear your mental chatter so you could actually sit down and just focus on your breath and not 
have all the mean girls and the whatever the anxiety talk and whatever it was else that was going yeah. on in your mind. Um, so, uh, awesome. So I want to, um, you know, kind of going on, you know, a little bit more with the journaling, um, and it helps you to, you know, like you said, it helps you to get to know yourself. Um, but one thing you talk a lot about in the book that I'd love for you to expand on is how your thoughts create your reality and like attachment to those thoughts. So I'm just kind of curious, like what has been your experience? You know, like if you, you know, I know you said in the book, like if you believe X, Y, Z, then like, that's what you, then you get X, Y, Z. If you believe ABC, then you get ABC. And I'm just kind of curious how journaling helped you to kind of um, detach yourself from those thoughts and really create a new reality for yourself. Yeah. So I'm a huge student of Abraham Hicks and Mm -hmm they really came up with the law of attraction. And if anyone's seen the secret, it's based on their work. And, and so I, I was actually introduced to the secret when I was in high school, I had a tutor or like a test prep person that helped you take the like ACT and the SAT, those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And the night I had taken the test once and I did like pretty bad on it and so I was in this like tutoring thing and or like a a class or something and the person who taught the class I really liked she was like this like older woman who's just like super cool and I remember she told me the night before the test to watch this movie The Secret and I think she gave it to me and so I watched it and I don't you know I don't know if it was The Secret or the fact that like I was not as sleepy the second time I took the test or whatever but my score went up like an insane amount and Ever since then, I was like, oh, wow, there must be something to this, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, it gave me, it opened the, my eyes to the fact of like, oh, maybe what I think and how I feel about myself is actually important to or connected to what actually happens in my life. And then from there, I just saw that manifest over and over again in my life where I would want something and then it would come to be or I would be not wanting something and clenching to that outcome and and that's what it would be and I learned this this really important concept of non-attachment and Mm -hmm. knowing that anything that you're clenching to anything that you're attached to is something that the universe doesn't want to bring that to you right so it's about that's why gratitude is so important because it's acknowledging to the universe like what I have I'm grateful for and I'll have more of that please right like not necessarily more of your car like another one but like more of that feeling of safety your car gives you or whatever it is right and so I think it's really important to focus on what we do have more than what we don't have and when you are focusing on what you don't have and something that you want that's fine too it's fine to have desires it's fine to have goals it's fine to have feelings that you want to feel it's it's fine to make a vision board all of that but holding it loosely holding it loosely not not in the sense of like oh it could come to me in a different format although that's true and that's fine but holding it loosely of like i'm okay without it I'm not attached. I don't need this to be okay. I don't need my body to be thinner to be okay. I'm okay how I am now. I don't need this car to be okay. I can enjoy my life as it is now. I don't need to move away 
to be okay, I can be okay in my current community. I don't need this job, this husband, this whatever. I can be okay as I am today. And the the thing that happens with that, the really interesting thing is when you truly find that non-attachment, when you truly find you're not attached to the goal, then those things do come. Those, the, the boyfriend, the car, the body, the whatever, like it, it will come. You, but the thing is, I don't even want to tell people that because then people start to be like, oh, I just got to be not attached because then when I'm not attached, then I get it. Like, and that defeats the purpose of it, right? It's like you yeah. truly have to not be in the wanting of it for the manifestation of it to happen. And this is a really like high level concept that I'm always reminding myself and constantly forgetting and, and remembering yeah. and relearning all the time. But I've just seen it happen so many times in my life when I've really wanted something, but I've completely let it go. And then it happens with ease. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Now I got it. And it's, it's different. It's a different feeling than like, oh, I wanted this and now I've got it. Like, oh my God, it's different, different feeling, different vibe. Because if you think about it, the universe is kind of like someone you're dating, right? It's kind of like you, if, if, if this person is like texting you all the time and calling you all the time, like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And like, they're just really like all over you in that way, smothering you with like this desire. It's mm-hmm. unattractive. No yeah. one wants that. It's too much. It's like, ugh. And the universe is the same way. It's like, you got to be cool. You know, you got to like be cool and be like, I'm unattached. If this happens, great. If not, no big deal. I'm okay. No one wants to feel, you don't want to be needy with things, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really, I think that answered your question. And you asked how journaling helped with that. And, and I guess the way that journaling helped with that is it just developed, it helped me find awareness with what my thoughts were because I was writing them down. I was being present with myself because we go through life so fast pace that we often or I'll speak for myself I, I often don't even know what I'm thinking unless I'm writing so that's I think how journaling helps with seeing that hmm. got it I love it just getting it on paper and I loved the um comparison of dating the universe that's really good I mean obviously because you know date yourself radio but also it's just totally. a really it, I, I can totally see that um because a lot of times my clients have difficulty um you know, they, when I say non-attachment and again, like, this is not the first thing that we, you know, that I talk about, but, um, then they're like, okay, so I just, I have to not care. I'm like, well, no, it's not exactly not caring, but it's just being non-attached and it's, it's very gray and a lot of nuances. So I, I love that comparison. Um, yeah, I think it really comes down to what I was saying there of like being okay, regardless, being okay, mm-hmm. either way, like you're, happiness, your security, your safety, your day is not dependent on this thing happening or this person or whatever it is that you're desiring. Yeah. I love that. love it. Um, okay. So I, I saw also in your book that you have your clients date themselves, which of course I love because date yourself challenge and, um, my clients date themselves all the time. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, like um, just what are some of your experiences from dating yourself or some of your clients' experiences? I'd just love to know what's going on for them as as well. I mean, I think it really just comes down to self-care and mm. getting to know yourself. Like, how can you get to know and be with another person if you haven't first gotten to know yourself? Yeah. And I think we're constantly getting to know ourselves. So it's not like you date yourself once and you're done. Yeah. I think yeah. it's constantly continuing to date yourself, continuing to spend time with yourself, continuing to spend time alone, continuing to 
take care of yourself because it will make you a better person for a relationship and it'll just make you happier in general. And for all your relationships with your your bosses, your colleagues, your clients, your family, your friends, anyone that you come in contact with because you'll have that self-awareness within yourself. So I think that's part of it. And I think the other part too, and, and I used to think that like, there were certain things that I couldn't do unless I had a boyfriend or someone to do them with me mm. that, you know, there were just certain things that I just couldn't do or they wouldn't be yeah. as fun or like certain places. Like I just can't go there by myself or I can't go there with a friend. Like I need to go with someone that I'm dating because, and I think we get those thoughts in our mind from society and from movies but then also yeah. like I know for me like I got them in my mind of like I was I dated someone for a really long time and like that's just what we always did together so me doing that thing by myself didn't feel like I could yeah and I just didn't know how even uh, or where I was or like anything and so I think it's about like becoming an adult and just like being a grown-up about it and be like oh wait I can do whatever I want I don't need anyone else and that take that right there going back to non-attachment takes away the attachment it's not like I need you to date me because I don't know how to fix my toilet and I don't know how to mm-hmm. fix my website and I don't know how to drive on the highway you know which like yeah. I'm just going to be real. Like those are all things in my last relationship, which I was like, someone else did for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and leaving that relationship, I got my shit together. You know what I mean? Like I figured it out and I'm such a better, more well-rounded person that now going into, I'm dating right now. And now going into the next relationship that I go into, I don't need them to help me fix my toilet or to do anything for me. I just need their company and their cuddles and their support but I don't need them for every single thing in my life and I think that's a lot of pressure to put on someone to be your best friend and to be your assistant and to be your helper and to be your business partner and to be all of these things is is too much for one person and so if you can be your own best friend if you can be yourself and you can have and it's not that you need to fix your toilet and do all these things on your own but you don't need the person you're dating to and if you're on a tat you can ask for help still I think that's fantastic but have a good support system whether it's your friends or your girlfriends or your family or whoever but like you don't need someone else to do these things that you want to do if, if it's travel if it's whatever you can do these things on your own and you owe yourself that and it will make you more more well-rounded and it will make you more unattached to having someone in your life and and even for me right now it's like people are coming into my life I think because I'm so unattached to people coming into my life you know it's Mm -hmm. like it would be cool but I'm also really cool with being by myself you know like and when it happens great if not that's okay too because I'm okay I'm not like this needs to happen now or else I'm just really chill about it and so I feel like it's going to be okay yeah yeah I love that and one thing that I always teach is um uh you know your partner will never be able to satisfy all of your emotional needs and so getting you know your emotional needs from other people like other types of relationships yourself I mean it's just it's so important. And I know I can relate to that trap of just, you know, my man was, a man was a plan for many, many years. 
in my early to mid twenties. And once I was able to just kind of, kind of like we just said, like be an adult and pick myself up and get my shit together. That's when Stevie came into my life. Yeah. Um, and, and so I just, I love that, that you shared that. Um, so for uh, those listeners and honestly, even including myself who don't have a regular journaling practice, or maybe you've never even journaled, um, you know, other, of course, than buying a book. Um, where can, like, what do we do to get started? Like, what what do we do? Yeah, so, again, my book is, will guide you through this step mm-hmm. by step. But I think, you know, regardless of if you have my book or not, right now, the best way to get started with journaling is just to start. Take mm-hmm. the pressure off yourself that it has to be this big thing and just do it. Um, you don't need a fancy journal. You don't need any journal at all. You can do it on your computer, on your iPhone. I think there is something very special about the hand to paper physical movement of that. So Mm -hmm. doing it on computer paper or on a legal pad, I think is really powerful. But I think the thing to know is for people who, you know, have resistance to it or feel like they wouldn't have anything to say, or they're not writers. First of all, know that this type of writing is innate to us. It is having a conversation with yourself. It's writing as you speak. If you can write a text message, you can journal. If you can write an email, you can journal. So it's essentially writing a letter to yourself, writing a letter to your intuition. It's asking yourself a good question and you'll get a good answer. So that's my biggest tip of getting started is Mm -hmm. ask yourself a good question and then just let your intuition come forward and give you the answer to that question. So it might be, what did that weird dream that I had last night mean? You know, and you don't know, but you just write, just free write on what you think it might mean, right? I always say like, okay, you don't know what it means, but if you did, what would it mean, right? Like, just really challenge yourself. And, or maybe it's like, you know, why asking yourself a positive framed question. So if you ask yourself a question, like, why is everything so terrible, right? You'll get an answer where your, your mind, your intuition will search for things that are terrible, right? Mm -hmm. It'll, it'll search for that actively. And that's what it will seek out. And that's what you'll write down. But if you ask yourself a different question, if you reframe that of like, yesterday was terrible, but today is better, right? How can I improve on where I am in my current situation? Then your, your mind will actively search out, well, you could wake up in the morning and you could put on some eyeliner and you could put on those shoes that you like and you could go to the yoga class and you could call that friend and you could go on a walk and you could get two things on your to-do list done. And, you know, in your brain, you'll start to self-soothe as you, as you write on the page. And I think that's really beautiful. So ask yourself a good question and you'll get a good answer. Really be introspective and just try that and, and be okay with the uncomfortable nature of this practice. You're having to be with yourself fully. And even in meditation, you know, your mind can wander and that's fine. But like with this, like you're, when you're writing, like you're actually there with yourself. It's, it's very, very intense. It's like putting that mirror right up in your face and having to look at all of your stuff. And you might not be ready for that. Like I don't, there are days where like, I'm just like, I'm feeling a lot of feelings. I feel pregnant with something that I need to like let out of me literally in my journal, but I just don't want to. I don't feel like it. I rather cope. I rather watch TV. I rather go hang out with friends. I rather eat. I rather exercise. I rather do anything else not to feel it, right? Not to Mm -hmm. be with it. And that's okay, right? Like coping mechanisms are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. They're healthier ones and they're unhealthier ones, right? Like some coping mechanisms are overeating, are drugs, are TV, are, you know, gossip, are whatever. Like 
Those are all coping mechanisms. It's okay to engage in them every once in a while. There are healthier coping mechanisms too, like going on a walk, like calling a friend, like taking a bath. Like there are healthier ones there and there's ones that are more in between, but it's like sometimes you're going to want to feel and you're going to want to do the work and you're going to do the heavy lifting of journaling. And there are other times we're going to cope and that it's all okay. The only thing that's not okay is making yourself wrong, right? For anything that you do or guilting yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And and so if you're, well, I, I, I guess um, a couple of questions. So let's say you're journaling and, you know, uncomfortable emotions, fears, deep-rooted beliefs, all that stuff starts coming up and it can be really intense. So do you recommend someone to, you know, have a coach or a therapist or is this, or is it still like a safe practice to, you know, if, especially if someone has just a lot of stuff that they, you know, want to deal with that happened um, earlier in their life. Like what's, yeah. What, what's, how do you well, think Well, I think it's that? 100% safe because yeah. it's just writing down what's already in your head. So mm-hmm. you might okay. just be, it's not like you're finding new stuff and writing it and it's like coming out because you're journaling. It's like, you might just be shining a light on what's already there, which can be okay. scary and yeah. you can feel a lot of feelings. And I'm a huge proponent of having a coach and working with someone and having a therapist and having good people. You don't need to even have someone that you pay, but if you just have someone who like has your best interest at heart and you can be vulnerable and raw and real with like, that's great. That's fantastic. That's all that you need. So I think in that sense, it's important to, you know, protect yourself and take care of yourself. I think I say in the book that journaling is like free therapy. You know, it's, it's, you can kind of be your own coach, be your own guide, because for anything to change, awareness has to be the first step. If you're not aware of what's going on in your mind, there's no way you can change it or fix it or talk about it with anyone. And, and that's what I really found is that my life really started to improve because of journaling, not just because of the journaling, but because I would go to therapy And I would be able to go deeper because I journaled. I would Mm. have to like process one thing. I'd be like, oh, I processed that. What I really want to know is this aspect of that. And that's where I can target the session for with my coach, with my therapist, with whatever. So I think it just makes you a better patient, client, person, you know, person in a relationship where you can be like, oh, this is a conversation I need to have with my partner. This is a conversation I need to have with my coworker. This is a conversation I need to process with a professional. You know, you'll be able to see that and therefore act on it. So I think that that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so when you journal, do you um, do, is it like an everyday practice? Is it only when you feel sad or when something seems not right? What is, what does the ritual look like? So it's different every day for me personally. What Mm -hmm. I, what I say for people is, there, there's kind of two types of journaling that, that you can be, or, or two types of journalers that there can be, period. And I think there's the SOS journaler, which is a person who something happens in their life, like there's a breakup or you just have like a funky interaction with someone at work or, you know, you have something happen with your career or your body or whatever and you're kind of hitting your knees, right? It's like this mm-hmm. like... SOS moment. And I call that the SOS journaler because they're coming to journaling when they really need journaling. And I do that all the time, to be honest. I'm an SOS journaler all the time where it's like, this happened. I just need to process this. I'm going to spend some time 
sitting with a cup of tea in my journal and just feel my feelings on this. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think another way of being a journaler is being a consistent everyday journaler, or it might not be every day for you. Maybe it's, you know, once a week on a Saturday morning, you spend half an hour journaling, or maybe you do it, you know, in the evenings every once in a while when you have time doesn't need to be a specific day. You know, I think whenever it works for you in your life, spending some time journaling, you know, and, and doing it somewhat consistently, regardless of what's going on in your life, everything might be awesome, or you might not even be sure how you're feeling. And I think that's wonderful too. So I think doing it as like a maintenance journaler or an an SOS journaler is fine. They're, they're both great. I personally do something in between where it's like every, when I feel like it, when it feels like I need to process something or I want to, or if I just haven't done it in a while and I have some time, I'll just do it. And I'll be like, Oh cool. I haven't done this in a while. I do it as like a check-in of like, how, how are you feeling? And that's usually the first question I ask myself, like, cause how often do you really truly ask yourself how you are feeling and, and follow yeah. up on that. And so that's what journaling um, has really allowed me to do is, is find that fluidity of the practice of like, sometimes I do it every single morning three full pages sometimes I don't but I don't beat myself up about it mm-hmm. regardless yeah I feel I will say this though when I'm journaling consistently in the mornings first thing I feel better and I have more clarity and I have more self-awareness and I, ha- I have a better day I really do yeah. but I don't do it every day and and again I don't beat myself up about it yeah yeah I love that and I'm a huge adamant of awesome morning routine so that might be something that I add to a couple mornings my week which I'm super looking forward to good yeah um okay so I think this is a great point to uh wrap up our conversation so if my listeners want to connect with you learn more about your book or just learn more about you where can they find you online I am at Katie Dalebout on Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter and I am my website is katiedalebot.com I almost said my old website but um, yeah I'm sure Veronica will have all the links but yeah, I would yeah, love to, to be friends with you guys and when you come to my website the best way to stay in touch with me is to sign up for my newsletter and on when you do that you get my Katie's favorite things I always say that in my <laughs> Oprah voice and it's literally just this guide of all of my favorite podcasts videos books people foods everything that you could possibly think of it's this huge guide of all of my favorite things so you get that for free when you sign up for my newsletter and it's honestly the best thing to just like keep in touch with me and and what's going on and I'm still on my book tour so I'm going to a few more cities Mm -hmm. with that and I host a podcast every week and so you can just search my name in iTunes search wellness wonderland radio or let it out with me you'll find it it's there awesome Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And the last question I ask all my guests is what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> treat myself. I love, oh, uh, I want to pick something really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I usually try to give everyone a heads up, but then I 90% of the time forget. So <laughs> what will you tell me yours? One of yours? Yeah, I think my favorite way to treat myself is honestly just being on my couch with a glass of wine and either a good show that I love watching or a good book. 
Yeah, that sounds really nice. I, I'll say like on the opposite end of the day, mm. I love treating myself with like long, slow mornings and like oh, a really nice. long breakfast by myself. That's really an important time of day for me. It's my yeah. favorite time of day. And so I love to, you know, not wake up super early. I like to take a really long walk in the morning and listen to something inspiring. I would ideally like to spend a long time journaling and meditating and then being outside. And then I would, you know, spend some time making a really nice breakfast and getting dressed and then when I'm all dressed sitting down and eating my breakfast and maybe you know listening to something or reading something and just spending some time with myself before I start my day and and drinking my tea and just like sitting and savoring my tea that's that's like my favorite thing to do that sounds so amazing and magical yeah it's, maybe it's inspiring or inspire me to get up a little bit earlier tomorrow morning yeah, so I can have a nice long morning. Too. I don't get to have those long mornings as often as I would like to, but mm-hmm. I have them pretty often because I've really like structured my life in a way that I can. But I, yeah, they're the best. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I just loved everything that you shared. And I know that my community is just going to devour this episode. So thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. This has been so much fun and you are amazing. And the work you do is so important. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast and get to know you more and and learn from you. All right, y'all. So guess what? I'm hosting a virtual retreat July 29th through the 31st to help you get over your ex in a weekend. No fluff, no BS, just a clear process to help you create the mindset shifts necessary to get over your ex and to stop attracting emotionally unavailable men. The retreat is based on the seven steps I take my private clients through to get over their ex, and now I want to take you through it too. Get Over Your Ex in a Weekend will be a mixture of live video streaming of workshops, meditations, and exercises, and self-guided practices to do on your own in the comfort of your own home. All the life-changing benefits of a soulful retreat with zero travel required and a fraction of the cost. My goal for you during the weekend is to go from heartbreak and confusion to clarity and purpose in dating. We're going to talk about the truth about why you get rejected, how to get the closure you need to move on, my strategy to make sure you get out of the dating pattern you're in so you don't date the same person again and again, just in a different body, what it means to get your power back from your ex and why it's 100% essential to move on, and how to start trusting yourself and men again when your confidence is shattered. This isn't about giving you a few tips to get over an ex. It's about walking you through a very specific process so you can start a whole new way of loving and living. If you're interested in joining me for Get Over Your Ex in a Weekend on July 29th through the 31st, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash retreat to learn more and sign up there. Again, it's veronicagrant.com forward slash retreat. I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Date Yourself Radio. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive free coaching with me in an upcoming episode or submit your question. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe to it in iTunes. I would also be so grateful if you left a review since that helps me share the power of dating yourself with more women. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be a part of my community at veronicagrant.com. Until next week, here's to treating yourself the way you want to be treated. 
Much love and happy dating. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.